Welcome to On Point with Rachel Turgerman. I'm so glad you could join us tonight. My friends, in seeking justice with a morally compelling issue to tackle, like family law, immigration law, criminal defense law, you need to do your research in order to hire an exemplary attorney. Joining us tonight is attorney Nicole Alvarez with over a decade of experience in the courtroom. But equally as important, my friends, Nicole has demonstrated to have an inner passion for justice. Welcome, Nicole, to On Point with Rachel Turgerman. Thank you so much for being with us and congratulations on your impeccable reputation as an outstanding attorney. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm very happy to be here and be with you. Thank you again. Same here. So we know, as I heard, I heard uh, me say earlier, that you have different specialties, but for the purposes of this particular show, Nicole, we're gonna tackle family law if it's okay with you. And then we're gonna bring you back several times to talk about your other specialties. How's that? That's perfect. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So let's begin with your background and we'll move on to family law. Where were sure. you? Sure, so, so I was born here in Miami uh, from Cuban Ooh. parents and born and raised, went to school, undergrad USF, law school Stetson and decided to come back and start my you said it so quickly, Stetson University is a very good yes. university. Congratulations. Yes. So tell us the truth. Were you a bookworm in school? I, not a 100% bookworm, no. <laughs> okay, but, but you I got it. You, you know, you must have had amazing grades because your reputation precedes you, Attorney Nicole Alvarez. Okay, so that's excellent. When in your childhood, uh, Nicole, did you realize, or maybe later on, uh, throughout your years, did you realize that you really had like a passion for justice? Actually, I was 16 years old and I got I got pulled over and, and received the speeding ticket, which I didn't think I deserved. And so I took it to court at 16. My dad was telling me not to do it, just to pay it. And I said, no, I, I shouldn't have gotten it. I went to the judge and I pled my case and I won. And I, I walked out of there saying, I could do this. <laughs> Wow. So I decided right then and there to become an attorney. That's amazing. And do you feel in your heart that you really weren't speeding? You didn't deserve it. No, I didn't deserve it. And so I went to court and dealt with it. Beautiful. Wow. 16, you were a baby. God bless you. <laughs> so moving right along, so you, you, you decided when you were 16 that you wanted to do law, you wanted to study law. Take us through your career journey, because I know it's long and extensive, and it's really exciting what you've done. So out, right out of law school, I became a prosecutor in Broward County State Attorney's Office, and I was there for eight years. I started off, you know, like everybody else, misdemeanors, then worked my way up through felony. And finally, for the last uh, three to four years, I was a special prosecutor in the sex crimes division. Wow. And yeah, it, it was it was very tough, uh, but it was rewarding. And the prosecutors that I worked with are amazing, became such good friends, family, still they, you know, we assist each other and we work with each other till this day. And after that, I went into private practice because I wanted to see both worlds, public and private. I, you know, started in the foreclosure world, financial world, 
then insurance, and then about five years ago, I decided that I wanted to start my own thing. And so I started the law offices of Nicole Alvarez. My office is located in Coral Gables, and uh, the law firm specializes in family law, immigration, and criminal law. And here I am today. Beautiful. Wow. So you were a prosecutor in the Broward County's office. How was that? I mean, seeing all these sex crimes and battery cases and so on and so forth. How did that reach your inner core and, you know, just give you more fighting for justice? Talk to us a little bit about that, because that that interests me a lot, because as you know, my background a lot has been in domestic violence and fighting against that in advocacy. Tell us a little bit about those years of yours. I mean, they were extremely rewarding, you know, at the same time, very tough. At the end of the day, you want to advocate for the victims and because they have nobody to advocate for them. So it, it, it was tremendous, you know, amount of work and it was so rewarding um, to see the, the victims. And it's hard because it's a path, right? It's a journey that you go through with these individuals and you connect. And I'm still connect with many of them today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little kids that I, that I dealt with, you know, send me cards and, and pictures that they do. Oh, but you love that? That's excellent. Oh, I, I love it. And they tell me when they do them in school and all of that. And it's just so rewarding. And, and you know, I, I love doing it. Um, excellent. So let's move on to family law. I want to talk a lot about the different areas that make up family law. I know that encompasses many different issues, uh, but let's tackle some of them and perhaps some of the variables that people are confronted with, with these particular issues. Let's begin, if it's okay with you, with prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements, if you can kindly define them, and then talk to us about some of the intricacies in both of them. So prenup, prenuptial agreements are agreements that you do before you get married. And the reason, the number one reason why people do it is to protect their assets that they have going into the marriage. So for example, you have two individuals, they each have owned their own property, they each have, for instance, 401ks already that they're building up year after year. They have investments. They have maybe their own businesses. And under Florida law, when you get divorced, everything that's marital assets, it's split down the middle, 50-50, right? So if one spouse didn't really do much and help the other spouse, but they still get 50-50. So a pre, uh, prenuptial agreement protects that. So if you had a previous you know, house that you bought, that is not touched because it's protected in the prenuptial agreements. Okay. You can talk about alimony that you're not going to agree to alimony and you're, you're going to give up your right to alimony and certain things that a prenuptial agreement will cover. I want to expound on the alimony for a second, but I still want to stay on the prenuptial part. So, you know, you get married and you hopefully, you know, you, you hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Is that the whole, the old adage of that? (laughs) Right. You know, you, you want, you believe in the romanticism and then you have to plan for the worst because you never know, unfortunately. Right. As an attorney, as an exemplary attorney, would you recommend anybody to get a prenuptial, you know, agreement, whether they're rich or not, attorney? Nicola? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody should get a prenuptial agreement. And a lot of people, when, when, when I tell them that, it's like, well, you're already, you know, dooming the marriage. It's not. Actually, you're going into the marriage with, you know, with, with a pure heart because right. you're not going into it with any bad intentions. You're not going into it for money. You're not going into it to see what you can get. You're actually going into it 
for the right reasons. You know, divorce is is is, is a nasty process, and and it's sad, and it brings out the worst in people. Absolutely. You know? So when clients come and see you, and they're talking about you know maybe they haven't gotten married yet, that's why it's called the prenuptial. And right. do you find that some of them are, are hesitant to actually do it, but then you kind of tell them, listen, you have to do it because you just never know. Usually the person that comes to me is gun ho and, and ready to do it. They're already the convinced. Person, they're already convinced. It's <laughs> the other person that needs a little bit more convincing. Okay, so let's talk about it. What if, I think okay. they, should, they should be agreeing. You know, what one party should never feel forced or into it because then the prenup won't hold up. They feel forced, right? And if you come with children from another marriage, right? And you have certain assets for them. You put that in the prenuptial agreement too, right? So, so you would you would cover that. There's a lot more. So, for, for instance, a prenuptial only comes into play if there's a divorce. A lot of people mistake a prenuptial for a will. So, if they don't do a will, they don't do a trust, giving their children, giving whoever certain things because they think oh they did a prenuptial prenuptial just comes into play and a divorce that's it after a divorce it's over. and if there's never a divorce it never comes into play with you okay so, excellent so you can also add you can add any agreement as long as the two parties are good so you can add things if you have prior children you can add uh information for that perfect so why prenuptial versus postnuptial what happens there so what happens is that postnuptial is because we didn't do a prenup Right, so okay, that's uh, simple, right? <laughs> right. So a married couple is married. They didn't do a, a, a prenup, but one of the spouses wants to buy a house. But they're going to buy a house with just their money, and the other spouse is not going to give a dime to it, and they want to be able to protect it. So postnup, you'll be able to do that so that in case of a divorce, that real estate is not up for grabs. Wow. I could just hear some of our viewers right now saying, oh my God, it takes out the romanticism. But you know what? It's a reality. You right. never know, my friends, if God forbid you end up in a divorce and you end up with nothing. You know, So I can definitely see attorney Nicole Alvarez, why people need to go see you, whether they're wealthy or not, you're getting married, do that prenuptial agreement. Got you. Right. right. Divorce. My friends, every 13 seconds in the United States of America, there is a divorce. That is an alarming statistic. Attorney Nicole Alvarez, what advice or talk to us about the intricacies of a divorce for any of our viewers tonight that are seeking a divorce or even contemplating on getting a divorce? Talk to us. Well, you know, I tell this to every single client that comes to me. You have to be 100% certain that you want to go through because a divorce is not easy. It is very emotional. It's time consuming. It's costly. And it's not something that you can take lightly. So every time somebody comes in, I tell them, are you 100% sure? Go think about it. Because this is, think about it as a train that's not stopping. Once we start it, there's no stops. So you need to be 100%. So well, I'm going to stop you for a second because I like your attitude and your demeanor. And I'm sure that our viewers, are catching on to it. Here's somebody or a couple that are thinking or contemplating or getting a divorce and you as an attorney, okay, you're telling them, listen guys, yeah, I want your business, but I want to make sure that before you give me your business, this is what you guys want. I mean, right. that's remarkable and very commendable on your part, attorney Nicole Alvarez. God Thank bless you. It's just that 
I, I, I don't like to railroad anyone. So when a client comes to me and they actually say, okay, let's do it. I want them to be 100% because it's also easier for them in the process. And for some reason I connect with all my clients and I, you know, I feel when they feel bad and I get angry when they get angry. So I want them to go through this as smooth as possible because it is probably one of the worst things that someone can, can happen in, in their lives. You know, you don't, you don't think about a divorce when you get married. I think of what is death, right? Death is an issue. Divorce is an issue. I mean, it really right. affects right. lives. So what are some of the variables of turning Nicole Alvarez that, you know, viewers should, you know, should be thinking about, for instance, let's talk a little bit about child custody and support. Talk to us about that. So one of the biggest things is if you have children, right? So if you have children, um, you're going to be talking about time sharing, which is really the schedule. That's what the courts like to call it instead of custody or scheduling. It's the time sharing with the child and child support. Child support Florida courts have made it extremely easy for everyone. It is a calculator and you can actually Google Florida child support calculator. You put how much money one parent makes, how much money the other parent makes and how many overnights the child or the children are going to stay with each one. You press a button and that's your child support. There's no arguing. There's wow. no anything. They've made it very simple and they've taken the drama out of it, right? So that's really simple. What we get into more and what gets a little bit more complicated is the time sharing. For example, if the, the parents want 50-50, so how are you going to do that? One week with one parent, one week with the other parent, or they have the schedule, which I don't like, for the children is two days with one, three days with another one, two days with one, three days with another one. Wow. And for a child, sometimes, you know, I've heard kids tell me, I don't know what house I wake up in sometimes, you know, and it's just not it complicated, right? Because you have, you know, stuff here, stuff over there, and I got to go, and it's time for me to go here, and it's crazy. Right, right. And it's, it's not about parents, too. That it jungle, is. Right? It is. So, you know, but it's, it's whatever works for each family, because I, every single one of my clients, is a different outcome because it whatever works for them at the end of the day the number one thing that my clients and, and all people need to realize is what is the best interest of the child taking away and putting your own personal desires and wants it's what is in the best interest of the child so that you know and, and come together and and, and th you know thankfully in florida and especially miami and, and our judges are great we have to go to mediation before we go to trial right Good. so a mediation it's both parties coming with a neutral participant and we really try to work it out there right um and you know at the end of the day parents just want what's best for their kids and again take away the drama because it's not about if you're upset with your spouse or the reason why you're getting divorced we get it it didn't work that's why you're getting divorced right so <laughs> let's take that away and let's focus on the kids because that's who really we need to focus on in divorce Retirement plans, retirement plans, inheritance plans. Does that affect the divorce? Yes. Well, inheritance can be touched in a divorce okay. unless you commingle, which it gets a little bit more complicated. Um, but 401k plans, 401k plans split down the middle. Wow. Right? It's not that you have Even to. Even if the power has not contributed anything, this is your retirement plan, your pension plan, they have a right to it? Yes. Wow. Yes. How much? 50%? 50 percent wow it, it really depends on the length of the marriage and all of that right so so it's case by case but at the end of the day it's the, the average is split 50 50 right 50 50 401ks 50 50 liabilities so if 
let's say one spouse has debt that's split in the middle unless that spouse you, you know use a credit card for something else like extramarital then that won't come into play but if they use a credit card for to pay for groceries and all of that that's split in the middle everything that's is split in the middle that's why you need a prenup <laughs> and that's why you need an attorney like nicole alvarez right. that knows the law and will defend your rights what about the lgbtq community i know there's some marriages as well the issues the concerns everything applies as well everything is the same um there is there is some you know when, when it comes to child custody because we have maybe one biological parent versus a non-biological parent so it, it could get a little bit um the gray area there but at the end of the day it's lgbtq community is treated the same way which as they should um and you know they can get married they can get divorced they can go through all of that the same way just glad they have the same rights yes absolutely Let's take a couple of seconds of a break because I want to thank all of our advertisers, including you, Nicole Alvarez. Thank you so much for supporting our programs. All of our advertisers are amazing. Without our advertisers, this show would not be possible. Each and every one of our advertisers are stellar professionals giving back to our multicultural communities with their open arms. United Home Care, Jose Milton Foundation, Nicole Alvarez, which we're interviewing you right now. God bless you. Catholic Hospice, Saposnik Insurance, Survivor's Pathway, Jackson Health Foundation, Anthony D'Amato with Toyota North Miami VIP Sales, and of course, El Gelardo Broward, which is a newspaper, Elaine Vicelli, and Hispanic Women of Distinction. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our advertisers, because without you, this show would not be possible. I love you all. Okay, moving right along, Nicole, let's move on to paternity issues. How cumbersome are paternity issues? So under under Florida law, if if a man and a woman are married and they have a child, the law recognizes that father as the, the, the biological father of the child, right? Let's say, so what happens when you're not married? Um, it could be a, an issue because if the father's not involved, the mother gives birth, doesn't put the father on the birth certificate, then the father will have to do a paternity action. And what that means is that they have to pretty much, it's, it's a lawsuit, like anything that you bring into court. And it's a paternity case where you're asking the courts to um, determine paternity. And how do you determine paternity? DNA test. So the father and the child will you know, submit to a DNA test. And then from there, the court will establish it. If the father is the rightful biological father, then the court will determine that he is the father. And then from there, that's when you start with the child support, with the child time sharing and all of that, because you know, those things need to be determined as well. It's not, it's not enough to just determine that who is the father and then it ends there. No. Then it starts the normal process of child support, time sharing. Question, attorney Nicole Alvarez. If the DNA test proves that the father is indeed the father of the child. What about even having that DNA scientific test? What about if he doesn't want to give, you know, support, child support for the kid? What's oh, what they have the no option? Yeah. Oh, yeah, have, no have no choice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Once, once, once paternity is established under the law, the parents need to support the child. So, like I said earlier about the the calculator, depending on how many nights 
you know, and how much money father makes, how much money mother makes, or how much money each parent makes, that is uh, determined. A parent can't just refuse and say, I'm not going to do it, because what happens is the court gets involved, the courts force it. If it doesn't happen, then they can garnish your wages, they can tap well, into your you come account. In. That's where you come in as an attorney. Right, right. They tap into your accounts, they can even suspend your license and even put you in jail. So. You know, it, it's not something that any parent, whether it's mother or father, can just say, no, I'm not paying. That's that is So would you sum it up, Attorney Nicole Alvarez, that fairness, you know, equality, you know, both of you brought the child into this world and both of you need to cooperate, right? Correct. Right. So it is really good about that. It's it's fair. It's healthcare, equal. Is healthcare included in that for the child? Once you would prove the paternity, so that's something that you would you would work on in the case, right? So a lot of times you'll see that you know fifty maybe one parent has a, a great uh, health insurance, so that parent will cover the child, and then the parent that is not covering the child maybe will be responsible for the uncovered medical uh, issues. Okay. But again, each each case can be tailored and constructed differently to meet the needs of both parties. Excellent. Adoption, my friends, 85.1 million people in the United States have contemplated on adopting a child. Unfortunately, many people can be great parents, but they cannot conceive a child. That being said, over 137,000 children a year within the United States have adopted our kids every single year. Attorney Nicole Alvarez, you also being an adoption attorney, talk to us about that. You know, what are some of the intricacies, you know, what what are parents or future parents need to look at when they cannot have any kids and they want to adopt? And then I also want to talk about single parents that perhaps they don't want to have the child because it was an unplanned pregnancy, if you will. Talk to us. So there's a variety of ways that, uh, that you can adopt and adoption comes into play. One of the ways is you know, you can go through the foster system uh, here in Miami-Dade, which is, which is great. And then you can foster a child, which then leads, you know, if you go through the proper channels and you do everything that you need to do and, you know, everything works out, you can end up adopting that child. Um, you can go through agencies, which there's private agencies and there's agencies for all shapes and sizes, you know, LGBT agencies, agencies that cater to certain things. And you can go that way. Or, you know, a lot of the times I do uh, step-parent adoptions, right? So I have, yeah, I just did one two weeks ago that I have, you know, mom is it has a child and she married someone while the, ch the child was very young and he raised her as his own. And the, the daughter actually asked him if he would adopt her. Um, and, you know, so- I love so it. Yeah, it, those those stories are just so so amazing, and you can even adopt adults. You know, it doesn't really? have to be a child. You you absolutely could could adopt. So you always think about you know little kids and everything. So is there a, a time frame or an age frame, or no? No, 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 no. The, the only thing is, is that for instance, and again, sometimes Florida law doesn't make sense, but an adult doesn't need the biological parents to consent, right? Uh, only when you're a minor, you need the biological parents. Yeah, that to makes consent. sense. You don't need consent. But but if you're an adult and you're married, you need your spouse to consent to the adoption, mm. um, which is never understood that, but that's that's the way that it is. So the the so both parties have to uh, accept. So if they consent, then 
the, you know, the adopter can adopt. Well, let me give you a hypothetical case. What about if you had a child out of wedlock, mm -hmm. you find the husband, the husband, you know, has the paternity test, proves that the child is his kid, right? But he turns out to be a lousy father. You meet a great man, right? And your kid loves the great man and the great man loves your kid. What is needed for that person to adopt the, the, the stepchild, if you will? Okay, so so first you need to terminate the biological father's rights. Um, it could be done voluntarily. You have a lot of parents that will just give up their rights and say, there you go. Or a court will do it for you, right? So if there's, um, you know, unfortunate it happens when one parent uh, sexually abuses a child. Yeah. and he's sent to prison the courts will remove his rights right if you, if you, you have to go through the purple courses but the courts will remove uh his rights and then with that that means that you have an opportunity for a parent to adopt gotcha. but if they don't even even if he's you know uh, an absentee father or, or a parent it could be either either one an absentee right. if they haven't given up their rights it's very difficult really um, because you can't have you can't have two people like let's say two two fathers with the same rights it in a perfect world it would be nice <laughs> yeah it would be great but it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> attorney nicole alvarez let's move on to as i said earlier to a, a person that a, a teenager maybe that has a kid right and she doesn't want to keep the child she's afraid and she doesn't know there's other options she has the baby Okay, and then feels that she cannot give all the, the love and everything to this child because economically she just doesn't have it. And she's, you know, she's not confident that she can make it, you know. Uh, what are her rights? You know, can she can put up the baby for adoption right after she has the baby? How does that work? Absolutely. So sometimes you'll see, you'll see two ways, right? So you'll see that when the, let's say the teenager finds out that they're pregnant, they go to a, uh, an adoption agency and speaks to the adoption and makes a decision to adopt, you know, to put up a child for adoption. And then the, the, the people that are gonna adopt start with her from when she's pregnant and go with her through the process all up until, you know, she has the child. Or after the child, if she decides that, you know what, she wants to put up for adoption, she can do the same thing. Um, always adoption in those instances is better than any other scenarios of just, you know, you see you see these stories and they're true you know people selling their children or people just leaving their children anywhere and so adoption is obviously the best option for anyone and one more question with regards to adoption and we'll move on let's suppose you want to adopt a child that is you know in a far country how does that work when you bring the child here let's say here in miami you know you bring the child do you apply for citizenship how does that work so so you would have to go through the adoption agency and you have to deal with the, the laws of that country, right? Um, because it's you're, you're dealing with two animals. So you're dealing with the laws of that country where the child is, and then you have to then come to the United States. So your first bet is, which usually is, you should either deal with an agency, or if you wanna deal with the agency in a foreign country, but you gotta go through their steps. Once you go through their steps, then you can bring the child into the United States and start the process. Um, sometimes you can do it prior to or not, but it's 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 a lot of red tape. Right. Well, they need to hire Nicole Alvarez, an <laughs> expert. <laughs> Excellent. Domestic violence. 
Every nine seconds, my friends, there is somebody being hurt within the United States. That is horrible. This is a power and control issue that could lead to your death. Attorney Nicole Alvarez, talk to us. What have you seen when it comes to domestic violence issues? Talk to us. So domestic violence, um, you know, it happens more than, than, than we want to, to think about. But there is, a, you know, there is an out for it, and it's, it's restraining orders, right? So restraining orders is um, where you go to the court and you fill out the documentation stating that the person that you're with either hit you or, or, or did whatever it is, and they issue a temporary restraining order. The temporary restraining order is not going to be permanent. That's just pretty much holding it over until you go to court. The court during that period will give you a court date. That's when you go and the person that you have the restraining order um, against will show up. And it's kind of like a mini trial. You put up your evidence. They put up their evidence if they have any. You argue. And then the judge will determine if the restraining order should be in place and if it should be in place for how long. Sometimes the restraining orders can be six months to a year to indefinite. But okay. it really is up to the judge to make that determination. But that's the problem. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But one thing that people need to realize that restraining orders are not criminal cases. It's completely two separate animals. Restraining order is, is more civil and that's not a criminal case. So a lot of people think, oh, I have a restraining order against them, so it's a criminal case. It's not. So what a lot of times that people need to realize is you need to call, if something happens and you are a victim of domestic violence, you need to call the police and then that will start the criminal case. But then you need to go to court. And I'm sure now with this, you know, the whole, everything's on virtual and right. you, there's ways about it that you don't actually physically have to go into court. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But then the second thing that you need to do is a restraining order. You know, it doesn't have to coincide and you can have one or the other. Um, but you know, people need to realize that it's two separate animals. There. I've heard attorney Nicole Alvarez, different philosophies when it comes to orders of protection or injunctions, as you've all uh, voiced, is it true or is it a myth that sometimes when you apply for an order of protection, that the violence in the house can escalate. And so sometimes people are afraid to get an order of protection because they don't want to trigger the perpetrator of violence, if you will. Am I making any kind of sense? Is no, this I, is it a myth? I know it's not a myth. It happens, right? So, so what? The reason why that happens is because the the abuser uh, gets upset that how dare you do this to me, and how dare you actually go and get other people involved into what is happening in our in our lives, um, and so they're going to retaliate, right? So every time that I speak to someone that is thinking about doing a restraining order, the first thing I tell them is, you can't do a restraining order when you're when you're living in the same home. Because a restraining order is that that person is supposed to stay away from you, right? So you need to go to a safe place. You need to be safe, and then you can move for a restraining order. Uh, because if not, it's just, it, it, it's a dangerous situation. Um, and people don't realize it, but, but it is dangerous. Absolutely. Well, Attorney Nicole Alvarez, we're running out of time. I want to thank you so much for your insight on family law. You're doing a fantastic job. You have an exemplary reputation as an attorney. We're going to go ahead and bring you back again because you have other specialties. As a matter of fact, on November 10th, 
We're going to bring you back. I want all our viewers to write that down. On November 10th, Nicole Alvarez will be back on On Point Rachel Turgerman. We're going to be covering immigration law, which is of interest to many of us. That being said, do you have like a last minute message, Attorney Nicole Alvarez, that you would like to leave all our viewers with tonight? Just, you know, stay informed. Um, a lot of people might be afraid to move forward in the family law aspect, whether it's, you know, divorce, restraining order, adoption, contact an attorney um, and just get the information, you know, knowledge is power. And then from there, you can make determination and don't let anyone pressure you or force you to do anything that you don't want to do. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. You've heard it from her mouth. Attorney Nicole Alvarez, my friends, take down her phone number, write it down. You never know if you're going to need her services. Thank you, Nicole. And to all our viewers, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We hope you've enjoyed Off Point Rachel Turgerman. Please do not forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, On Point with Rachel Turgerman. Abide by the CDC guidelines. Our numbers of infections are going down. Thank God. Someday soon, this particular virus will be a distant, horrific nightmare away from us. God bless you all. Keep on wearing your mask. Wash your hands. Keep your social distancing. And this virus will be way behind us once again. God bless you all. Together we are stronger because together we make things happen. Bye-bye for now. No, you're good.